podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballer Season 2, Episode 45. This week, Mets and I are joined by Pugzilla once again to talk about League 1, Team of the Season, Weekend League, some gameplay advice, and what we can expect going forward from Team of the Season, and a little bit of chat about FIFA 23. And to wrap it all up, we go over the community questions and hot takes. If you want to stay up to date on all this content, do what I do. Go to FIFAUteam.com, visit our friends over there, or simply click the link in the show notes to stay on top of all the daily content that's coming out. FIFAUteam.com. As always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors and supporters. Really appreciate you guys. Thanks for everything that you do. Helps keep the show going. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Footballers. This week, we've got Mets and Pugs is back with us to share his insight on Weekend League, Team of the Season, and the status of FIFA at the moment. Pugs, welcome back, man. It's good to be here, Hunter. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I just got off a of vacation. I haven't played foot in about mm, 10 days, two weeks, almost. Feeling refreshed. How's it been going for you? Been uh, well. I just got off a real rocky weekend league for team of the uh, or uh, team of the season league one. <laughs> so fried a little bit. Need to recharge myself. Maybe a vacation's in order for me. Who knows? It'll do your body good. Mets, you're actually on holiday, aren't you? I am. Yeah. So I decided to play weekend league on Monday. You know, I thought it was a great idea. EA sort of answered my calls when they started extending these weekend leagues. You know, I've been saying for the longest time that it would be nice to have a week-long league, and they've they've almost given it to us now that we get to play Mondays and Tuesdays. But my God, you do not want to play <laughs> after the normal weekend cycle because the, there's no newbies left. It's just the hardcore grinders. The, there was no soft games. There was no gimmies. It was hard as fuck, and I got an embarrassingly low ranking this week. I just had to get it finished as, as soon as I could. So I didn't get to play every match, but I think by the time I, I got on like eight wins, I just sort of gave up at that point. I just said, this is absolutely miserable. So um, maybe sometimes be careful what you wish for. Indeed. Yeah. See, weekend league has never fallen once it gets to that point. Um, I get there all the time when I play weekend league and usually it's about that, that eight win mark and you're, you're trying to decide, am I going to push for 11 or not? Well, now you kind of have to if you want to get these these picks, right? These these elite picks and, and have multiple options. Um, how did you find this this last weekend league bug specifically compared to the other ones? Um, did you feel like it's it's getting super sweaty? Yeah, sw- sweaty. I'll, I'll tell you, I started off nine and two, so it wasn't like all doom and gloom at the start. I mean, nine and two. That's about my normal weekend. But then I finished eleven and seven, and you know the whole wheels fell off. You know, molding over every goal, every bad touch has got to have a comment. Uh, you know, I got, I couldn't let everything, I, everything just kind of snowball. I mean, um, the uh, the one thing that was constant in all my losses really was the team press. I don't know if it's the pressure after possession loss or just straight up team press or whatever. I mean, every time I tried to play the ball out the back, I'm getting swarmed by just. 99 defending Mbappe's and Pele's out there <laughs> intercepting everything like freaking Vieira. Yeah. And and yeah. my Vieira is getting he can't turn and pass. He's like a 18 wheeler and you know um so any lead I had totally evaporated because they switch on team press and then everybody falls to pieces. And uh yeah. so that is the one consistent thing and I 
switched up my whole team on um, Monday night last night to uh, try and avoid that. So I brought in a couple more small agile CDMs rather than I was using uh, Fabinho and, and Vieira. Now I've moved hmm. Vieira to center back and now I've brought in Fred um, to try and help the fact that I couldn't get past the team press. Yeah, I've always felt that way. If, if you're going to run a two CDM system, you're going to need one nimble and one that's kind of a tank. And uh, yeah, Fabinho and Vieira seems like, while they will cover a lot of space, it seems like they'd be difficult to move in this environment where you've got to have quick reactions with all these high rated cards. Mets, how many ball roll scoop turns did you see this weekend? Give me a number. <laughs> Quite a few, but <laughs> I, I echo the sentiments that, that Pugs just shared with us there because if you try and play out from the back in a manner that somewhat represents real football, you've absolutely fucked. Um, if you go like from, from centre-back to midfield, you will have so much pressure on the first touch you take in midfield that you almost always have to take that touch going backwards. You can't turn and face. They just smother you so fast. And it's those tanky CDMs that are causing all the trouble. Uh, and they're too accessible at this point. I know we're at the end game, so... Most people have the cars that they kind of want at this stage. But when every team you're facing has a Hullet and Vieira type combination, or even Declan Rice is an absolute monster. He just smothers you so hard and fast. And your players just bounce off and you get this midfield congestion, which often falls in favour of the player who's wanting to counterattack. You know, you, you try and go forward, they dispossess you and they just launch a ball forward to a quick striker and you're in trouble basically. So yeah, it was very grindy. Um, I question whether at, at this stage, having every team kind of up to speed doesn't necessarily make the gameplay better. It's just very, very grindy uh, and not necessarily fun to play at this stage, I don't think. What made me kind of feel bad about the the gameplay was, is like, I didn't really know if my opponent was very good or if I was making mistakes or what with the gameplay, because it felt like, like I said, that they just turn on this magic button and it's either pressure after possession loss or it's either um, constant pressure. And all of a sudden, their Philip Lom or their Vieira or their Hullet or whatever does all the work for them. And all of a sudden, yeah. the, the 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 best way, the easiest way to get goals is on these quick counters in my third. Um, and I mean, as somebody a novice could score these goals. You know, they've got four attackers all queued up in the in the in the penalty area once they win the ball high up the pitch. They've got two easy passes for a tap in. So I don't know if I'm losing to a good player or not because um, the goals they're scoring are really simple and it's all based on this pressure concept. And I don't know, I, maybe it's just me overthinking it or something. I don't know. I probably, I, I feel like though almost every game I lost was based on this pressure. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I think a lot of people would agree with you uh, just from talking to people in the discord and, and you know, Matt, you can you can testify to this. I've been banging that drum all year long when it comes to constant pressure. It should have been nerfed a long time ago. You should get penalized heavily on your fitness for using constant pressure. And I know you do, but to me, I don't think it's not it's nearly not enough. Like overload ball side, you put that on, your team is dead by halftime. You put on constant pressure, you're gonna be good till about the 70th minute. You can make your subs and you'll still be fine. I do think that it it's a real issue, especially at this point. Like you said, Pugs, like Mbappe is just glued to your back line. I mean, they're pressing everybody, jumping up, intercepting passes with his feet out of the air. I mean, it's just ridiculous, the awareness on these cards and how they defend for other players. 
there's a couple of problems we've got with with constant pressure. One is that we're at the stage again now where almost every card you're using has got 90 plus stamina. So that kind of counters any detrimental effect of using constant pressure. True. But you can put it on and turn it off too easily. So you can get those quick bursts of constant pressure when you're dispossessed, which then puts the opponent at a really bad disadvantage. Whereas in real life, you're not going to see someone like Pep or Jurgen Klopp shout constant pressure for like two minutes and then turn it off. You know, it, it's a periodic thing. So maybe if you activate it, it doesn't deactivate for 15 minutes or something like that in game. So it actually has a chance to drain your player's stamina. And that's the trade-off for using it. You, you're going to get wiped out very quickly if you use it. And it has to stay on for a certain amount of time. Uh, you'll either get the ball back and then you, you're good for a counter or whatnot at the cost of stamina. Or if you're unsuccessful with it, you, you've been punished accordingly, I think. Mets, do you use press after possession loss? Yes, but I only I strictly only do it when I've got every man behind the ball. Uh, once they start getting past the first couple of attackers, they start picking holes in you, and it's just uh, giving them the advantage at that point. If you can't press with every man, then I don't feel it's it's worth using and, and too dangerous at that point. So what you're saying is you start off with it, and if your opponent is showing signs that he's going to get behind you, you'll switch it back to balanced. Yeah, exactly. Once they start getting past okay. that first line, it, it becomes too easy then to counter the press. So if they're playing yeah. like a goal kick short, I, I go immediately to to press. Um, but once they start getting past the first few, you have to be prepared to turn it off pretty quickly. Otherwise, you're just handing them the advantage more often than not. I'm going to get your perspective on this, Pugs, because you're you're definitely out of the three of us, the, the gameplay guy. I've seen you play. You're very good at FIFA. What kind of setups do you use? Do you use press after possession loss? What kind of depth are you running? What formation? Give us the rundown. So normally I, I've, for the last three years, have been running a 4-3-3 with the one CDM, the 4-3-3-2. Um, the offense is very kind of tedious and um, hard to produce consistent goals in that offense, though. So I started switching to a more conventional formation with the central cam. And two strikers. So now I play three five two, kind of like which is in vogue right now is three five two. Yep. And for my defense, I've just been unbalanced a lot. Metz was talking about the custom, the quick, the quick tactics of being able to adjust it with the D pad as you go. You know, there's different tactics you can do in game. Um, I do have a constant pressure setting if I'm losing by a lot. I figure, you know. If I'm losing by a lot, I might as well throw on, you know, throw the hounds out there and just try and see what I can get um, with the constant pressure. Sometimes I get absolutely blown out on stream, which is not um, the greatest, you know, <laughs> getting a, getting a 6-1 handed to you um, in front of everybody. But uh, I'd rather take a chance and, and go constant pressure and see if I can't pull it back rather than just leave it out there at 3-1 and just not do anything. So, so, so I do have a constant pressure setting, um, but it, yeah, And then it does pull a fair amount of games back, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Like, we were just talking yeah. about how OP it is. It pulls a fair amount of games back. Yeah, And then on offense, basically, I've just been using um, that direct passing this year has been my thing. Um, the direct passing yeah. um, seems to be um, the best for me because um, it's like a combo of the forward runs uh, and a combo of balanced. Yeah. I feel like the forward runs is a little bit too aggressive, especially at this stage. Um, if you mess up your attack and you're using forward runs, you're going to get caught out and you're going to pay for it. That's that's kind of how I feel. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, just yeah, Ford runs. Um, I, I do like I do like the the adjustments they've done this year with the uh, with the uh, advanced offensive tactics. Does give a little bit more variance um, uh, with the fast buildup and all that different stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been using the direct passing a lot, and uh, that's that's been doing okay for me. I, I really do feel like this weekend was an outlier, though. I mean, I, I just. You just never know why things fall apart, you know, but, you know, I just, uh, you know, hopefully you get back in the saddle and get back to a better rank next week. It's just, uh, it's kind of a a cycle where you just got to kind of just take it upon yourself to try and focus and just get better. Um, there's only so much complaining that you can do, you know, I, I, uh, I kind of concede that the game is bad. And if you watch my streams, you know that I say the game is bad when it's bad. Um, but also there's a certain amount of self-responsibility that you should take and just um, try and get better. You know, that's all you can really do. I, uh, you know, yeah. my, my content's based on FIFA, so <laughs> that's not going to yeah. change. So I'm going to have to deal with it at some point. Re- yeah. There's like a reckoning that has to take place. Yeah. And I think that's important. You mentioned that, that self-responsibility, you know, it's, Oftentimes, myself included, we get caught up in the in the poor gameplay or the poor connection. I feel like this year, FIFA 22, when the gameplay is good, I feel like it's the best FIFA I've ever played. The issue is it's inconsistent, and we we bang that drum all year long. Um, hopefully, we get around that eventually. But you know, you said this weekend was an outlier. I mean, looking at this league uh, team of the season, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards over 700k that were up for grabs and picks this week. Right. So that is going to bring the rats out. And obviously they were out because everybody I spoke to said this weekend was horrific. We had horrible records across the board. People were frustrated as fuck. They didn't get the picks they wanted, obviously. And I think a lot of people just have a bad taste left in their mouth because they all got LaFont and Saliba and Nuno Mendez instead of, you know, Ben Yedder, Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, whoever. But what cards did you guys see this weekend that were just a pain in your ass? Like these nuisance cards, the ones that aren't necessarily game breaking, or maybe they, maybe they are game breaking cards. Maybe it is Mbappe, but what card just totally ruined your weekend? Matt, we'll start with you. Can I take two? Because Take as many as you want, buddy. I face these two so often throughout. Um, team of the season, Trent. He just locks down that side of the pitch because he has... He's so good. The physical size of like a centre-back and then enough speed and attacking stats to be a pain going the other way. So um, to Pug's delight, because he's a Liverpool fan, I'm sure he's happy that Trent is, is pretty OP and very cheap. But so you just brought him back he, in the team. So <laughs> I agree he's, that he's overpowered. I'm bringing him back now. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so... That's a pain because you you basically you just shouldn't attack down the side of the pitch that he's on. Um, it's just a nightmare. But then the other one, and and Pugs will test this because I've seen it week after week that different types of Mbappe are just too good at winning the ball back when it appears you tackle them cleanly. He just auto recovers the ball. You know he's got that glitchiness that such a way. But even Gold Mbappe this week because I guess in a lot of people are putting league. Uh, teams together for the gauntlet mm. mode and, and various objectives and then of course putting um, League One players into whatever they got in rewards Gold Mbappe came up a lot still OP as fuck you know he can just like 
glitch through defenders weirdly. His shooting stats feel way above what they reflected of the card. You know, the finishing still off the chain. Um, and I think this is the problem that we have over the course of time in Ultimate Team is that certain cards become way too cheap compared to or relative to their ability. Um if you don't have some sort of Mbappe in your in your team as an impact player, even if it's just off the bench, you, you you're probably leaving some value on the table there, some goals that could get you that those extra couple of wins in weekend league if you do a full cycle of twenty games. But yeah, it was a fucking pain, man. So so difficult to to play against someone who knows what they're doing with that card. I, I echo the Mbappe shout for sure. I mean, with the how often I see the player of the month Mbappe, you think he cost twenty k and was given out, you know, three quarters to to three quarters of the people for free. I mean, every time I load up and I see that card, I just cringe because I know what he's capable of. <laughs> he's got the cover boy glitch for sure. I mean, he's got. Um, I mean, every bounce goes to him. The balls, you know. Any 50-50 in the midfield, it finds its way to Mbappe, who has no business getting the ball. You know, another player um, that I actually struggled with quite a bit um, was um, kind of a player that's been under the radar. Well, not under the radar. I don't want to say under the radar this year, but the second player of the month, Cristiano, really did me nasty. And I, and I think a lot of the times it was in combo platter with the Mbappe. Actually, a lot of people run two strikers player of the month, Mbappe player of the month, Cristiano Cristiano's finishing just crushed me this weekend. Um, and again, a lot of people have a lot of fodder at this time of the year that Cristiano has been in the store for a month. Like, you know, you'd think it's a 20 K card by how often you see it. People bringing him off the bench even, you know, Um, but the finishing of Cristiano just being extremely clinical, um, cost me a couple games this, uh, this weekend. And, uh, I would say I I second the Mbappe, um, and then Cristiano is another one for me. This was a glitch card. Yeah. One of the responses we got from our Twitter post was we asked the community what they thought were the most nuisance cards, albeit we did it late, but (laughs) D4NB says credit cards were the most nuisance cards that he saw this weekend, which <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, Pompeo, who's he just had his 40th birthday. He's one of our, our admins in the Discord. He also said Mbappe, and he also said the ball roll scoop turn was just about ready to do his head in. He was so tired of seeing the ball roll scoop turn, which we've been seeing it since last year. It just seems like this year it's, it's more pronounced. So if you are a sweat and you want to win games, and you're not doing the ball roll scoop turn in the final third, you really should learn it and abuse the fuck out of it until they patch it. That's my advice. Let's see. We did have a, a UCL final that your team played in, Pugs. Did you want to Did you want to talk about that? There's a lot to talk about. I mean, it's still in the news right now with all the, the fan drama. You know, I follow a lot of fans, individual people that go to a lot of the away days for Liverpool. And uh, man, it's been... It, if there's one fan base that doesn't need all this, it's Liverpool's because of the obvious his, history with Hillsborough and stuff. But uh, the um, the French authorities are lying to people and stuff. And you've got um, the El Chingarito, I think is his name, the Spanish um, journalist that does uh, Real Madrid talks. He had a big article or he had a big piece on his show on Sunday, I think it was. Um, that talked about uh, video evidence and stuff about what was going on. 
Um, and a lot of people have evidence of what was going on. And then we have these um, legitimate, uh, legitimate uh, uh, officials from the French government saying the opposite. And it just really has a bad Hillsborough. I mean, nothing happened as bad as Hillsborough as far as, you know, 90, 96 people that they lost their lives, but it's just, um, mm-hmm. a bad, bad vibe. And, uh, it really, uh, it really set it, set the tone for kind of a weird final. And it, it was kind of a weird final. I thought Real Madrid played well. They looked for the counter. They were rested, um, uh, and, uh, deserved winners. I mean, deserved winners. We didn't take our chances. Courtois had a madness of a game and probably yeah. deserved some sort of, uh, <laughs> purple or green hero card with with him kissing the champions league trophy because he uh he definitely earned his uh his medal yeah i agree a lot of people thought courtois had the game of his career and i didn't watch the game out like i said i was on vacation but i did watch the highlights and he looked like he was a god out there Mets, do you have anything you wanted to add to, to the champions league final and the drama that ensued uh, i don't want to talk about like the the fan drama and all the difficulty getting in the stadium and how shitty the french police were i think People have said what needs to be said about that, and there's something clearly very badly went wrong. And maybe that can affect a player's mentality going into the game, and Liverpool weren't razor sharp on the day. But I think generally they dominated the match um, for the most part. Um, it's just Madrid have that winning mentality. They know how to get over the line, and they probably had the, the best defensive performance they've ever put in a Champions League final. When you consider how many they've won in recent years, it's usually them on the offensive most of the time, like when they've played Atletico Madrid a couple of times, so they have to like really be patient to grind a team down. It was the opposite this time. So they've won in a different manner than they normally would do, just to add to all that experience that they've got of winning it so many times. It's just such an uphill, uh, sorry, uphill task for Liverpool. But I think the, the one thing and I say this as someone who doesn't have any affinity to Liverpool whatsoever, but when you look at how good that team has been over the last four or five years on the Klopp, probably the best team they've ever had, arguably. And then having this golden spell, the best spell that they've had for 35, 40 years. But at the moment, they've only got one league and one Champions League to show for it. And I think they're very unfortunate to have come up at a time when there's a Real Madrid that are dominating the Champions League and a Man City who are so good in the Premier League that in any other era they would have crushed it both domestically and in Europe and at the moment they don't have as much as they perhaps deserve or merit in terms of actually winning than they probably deserve which I think is a little bit of a shame but at least you know, for people like Pug who are big Liverpool fans that they've been in and around the opportunity to to win so often in the last few years. You don't see that ending just now. But it, it is unfortunate that they haven't achieved more than they have done with such a good team. There was um, a tweet that I saw that was kind of true to me as a Liverpool fan, and that was like the Kiev final, the first time we played Madrid. Well, not the first time because we played them in Rome and or we played them in Paris the first time in the 80s. But the first time we played them in my era, um, we played Madrid um, in Kiev. And that felt like the start of something. This time, it feels like the end of something. You know, we got Mane potentially going to Bayern Munich. We've got Origi going to AC Milan and other role players leaving. We had Winnie Aldum leave last uh, summer. and. Ah, just got a, just got a weird vibe, but you know, 
like he said, we've 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 come a long way. When I started following, I remember three three curtain calls to West Brom and uh, you know Stephen Cocker at striker and Ricky Lambert late winners and stuff. And you know the 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 levels of expectations have changed. And uh, so even though we only have the one league and the one Champions League, um, progress has certainly been made. And in this sport, that's not guaranteed. Yeah, they've come a long way um, since Stoke City did Stephen Gerrard dirty on his last ever game. That's my team, by the way. So <laughs> just got to get that in there. <laughs> I woke up thinking, oh yeah, here he comes, big Stevie send off, five five nil win for the Liverpool, and then yikes. Yeah, they they've been the best around, I think, over that period of time, and I just think they 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 merited winning more than they have done, and and hopefully. Yeah, they'll still be in it next season. Yeah, they're they're going to replace Mane if they haven't done already with with Luis Diaz and and whatnot. You you would think that they've got alternatives lined up if if Mane and Salah etc. decide to leave. This ties into to Liverpool real quick, and we'll move on. But Westy has a hot take. He wants to say that no Salah is finished as a player. Bugs, I'll give you a chance to respond before we move on. Well, he definitely fell off the second half of the season. I mean, I just, I just the eye test. I don't know about the metrics. I saw some metrics on Twitter today that says that's a a weak argument that he's fell off, but it's true to me that he's not the same player he was in the first half of the year. As far as finishes a player, let's give him a summer to rest and then let's see how he comes. You know, the the tricky part is is he's he's up for a contract renewal right now, so. Um, I think he lost a lot of his bargaining power for his big deal at uh, around Christmas. 400k seemed reasonable, even though he was 30 plus. Um, but uh, now, you know, I think he's 300k a week, if that. Um, he should be one of our highest players, if not our highest player. Um, I think a cup a couple year deal is fair for Salah. Um, let's. I, yeah. I I I don't want to say he's finished at all. Um, because of the fact that everybody seemed really tired at the end of the year, I feel like if we play that final against Madrid in the in the middle part of the year, uh, say around December before the festive period, we're gonna win. We were shock and awe in teams, you know, it, around that period, and then Afcon, and then international qualifiers, and then the deep run in the FA and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. And towards the end of the year, we were just getting by with just grit and grit and toughness. And uh, we had lost that extra pace. We had lost that flow. Um, so I'm going to give Salah a summer and uh, give him a new contract and we'll see how he goes. That's my final opinion on that. I think it's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, we're going to move on here. We did get a notification this week of Team of the Season swaps round two, and I'm not going to go through and list every single thing that you can redeem, but you'll be able to redeem um, between June 10th and June 17th is when you can submit these tokens. There will be 25 total tokens. What I found interesting is you can kind of see how, I guess, the EA content team believes these teams are valued or should be valued as they have 22 tokens required to do a a team of the Premier League or League uh, Team of the season player pick one of five players. Then it goes to 20 tokens for La Liga, 15 tokens for that same thing with Syria. So I just feel like they're just discounting Syria and we haven't even seen it yet. 
So does that set the stage for a disappointing Serie A team of the season, Matt? I think I think it's going to be the best one. But I've, I've been I do too. Like absolutely begging for it uh, since before team of the season started. That's the, the way my team sort of leaned towards before team of the season began. And the reason why I think being cynical that they would discount it no, it's the last team of the season. Certain people have been waiting on it. Some cars are going to be like mega OP, like a Milinkovic Savage. If he comes out like 92, 93 rated, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, and that's what I'm sort of banking on because I've my teams have been lacking that elite midfielder or, or two. And I think Serie A should hopefully bring that to the table and my team will be reasonably competitive again. But if they put like the best team of the season cars into the hands of the most people, um, that's then going to put all the people who over-invested in the earlier tots at a disadvantage, but then also wiping your club out essentially before the next big promo comes up where we're all going to have to start again. Basically, tots will be less relevant and we, we go on to the the final phase of the game where we're all going to have to get those those last upgrades and so that's the way I hope it's, it's going to go. And yeah, I've saved my fodder, I've saved my packs, I've saved my coins, all for Serie A team and season. It's all going in this Friday. And if I come I would up, be hopeful if you're a Serie A fan that uh, the cards are going to be juiced and they're going to be cheap. Um, that's kind of the general way it is. And I think they're going to be juiced uh, for this reason, because to keep people interested, EA are going to have to keep up in the power curve, keep shock and awe when it comes to the players. And um, that means 90 physical on everybody, even people that don't deserve it. Um, that means high, high ratings for people that, you know, maybe have had somewhat okay seasons. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I anticipate Syria to be very high rated and uh, very cheap. So that's a good thing for the players. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with the 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 premise of they're going to have to really boost Syria to keep the interest because people will fall off and it will fall off hard. That's why I think Syria is going to be juiced. I also think MLS team of the season is going to fucking slap this year. I think it's going to be awesome, and there's going to be MLS and Syria as well as rest of the world in packs all at the same time from the fifth through the tenth. So if you want to save and get the most bang for your buck. I would wait in open packs until the fifth. That way you have a chance to get three leagues at one time. Um, if you really wanted the pressure luck, you could do it and maybe try to push the ultimate tots, but I think you would lose Serie A at that point. So, you know, pick your poison, look at the dates, look at the schedule. We'll post that in the show notes, but uh, don't blow your load on day one. If you want to maximize your, your potential for a big pool. What's the old, uh, what's the old saying? Good things come to those who wait. Mm, that's the saying. I've waited too long. I, I need to blow my load pretty soon. <laughs> that's fucking disgusting, Matt. You'll have to let us know how you do. Then you have to. Yeah, I want to see all blues on Twitter. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that if I can get that Milinkovic Savage, that's going to solve all my woes. It probably won't, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that uh, they did put a tweet out this week that rest of the world team of the season is going to be shifted by a day. It will begin on June 4th and run until the 11th. So they moved it back a day. So don't be expecting them on the third because you're going to get Syria on the third. Um, 
moving on down the line, we did get a friendly mode. And this kind of goes to what the community has kind of been trying to push on one another with this golden goal and friendlies. Uh, they called it first two and they have it in the first gold cup, which basically they have a, a set number of goals you have to score and whoever gets there first wins the game. I like the idea that they're trying to incentivize people to actually attack and be aggressive because to me, friendlies have been the most fun games I've played all year. It's been the best gameplay. It's been the least amount of park the bus encounter I've seen. And I've played probably more friendly games than I have any other game mode. Have you found the similar response in your experience for the game, Pugs? Well, um, I haven't had a chance to play it, full disclosure, because I've been busy with Weekend League. Um, But I will say this. The rewards look fantastic for how much effort you have to put into it. I know some Mm -hmm. people might not be able to win three out of three or whatever, two out of three. But you've got plenty of opportunities to play. And the time commitment versus rewards look right on look great i mean that's that's what i like and it is something that we've been kind of going towards as a community so i'm happy for this one i i think this is a good piece uh for me matt what do you think wow look at that he's taken over as host you're redundant hunter hey yeah i like it segue was was fantastic um i i've said for the last few weeks on the pod that the friendly modes have been definitely the most enjoyable aspect of playing the game and trying to keep up with what's going on since team of the season began i like these gauntlet modes that they're doing every week where you you, know, you take a league on team and i think it's golden goal at the moment oh. you've got to win 20 matches so that, that they're really stretching that one out because they've clearly expected everyone to really invest in in league uh-huh the only problem that you have, and, and I'm not trying to be too finicky with this, is if you haven't, like, say, super invested in League uh, uh-huh. then it's hard to, like, cobble a team together and be competitive for these friendly modes. That's the only criticism I would have. It kind of punishes you if you're not on this week's team of the season, basically. Uh, if you're trying to do, do a team that's, you know, an amalgamation of all the others, you need to get a very good league team to be competitive. But if you are running that week's team of the season, this is a great game mode for you with awesome rewards, perhaps better than weekend league is, is likely to give you unfortunately for a lot less effort. And I think that's a shame for someone like Pugs, whose routine streaming routine revolves around weekend league content. And you, you, you often get punished by the shitty rewards that you get and it must cause you so much frustration. Whereas people can play a few friendlies and get all sorts of crazy shit. And I just unlocked an ultimate pack um, last night for playing 200 friendlies, finally. I mean, when are you likely to get something as good as that for playing Weekend League unless you, you know, in the super elite rankings? I had had just unlocked the win 100 rivals games with seven first owner players. I got a 50K and 100K pack and I just about fell out of my chair. It was like Christmas, uh, Christmas uh, Eve, <laughs> presents under the tree, time to get ripping, boys. And I got uh, 84 rated as my highest out of both packs. Oh, no. Ugh. That's not what you want to hear. But, man, you hear that kind of thing so often, though. That's the bad thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know. the, the one thing I will say about what Mets, Mets talked about is true, though, is, like, if you're going in there with four silvers and two non-rares and stuff to this cup, you're probably going to get blown out, Um, which is something, I don't know how they work around it because they're going to want people to play with their 
most expensive teams because that's the whole point. They want people to spend money and have an expensive team. So uh, it's tough. I mean, maybe allow more loans or something. I don't know, but that's just going to make other people's teams even that much more be- you know, better. I know from from my perspective, I've got a loan Messi team of the year. I've got a loan Mbappe team of the year. I've got a, a loan gold Mbappe. So, like, it's a tough spot because when you're on the other end getting bludgeoned by somebody's mega team, it it's that's that's kind of lame. <laughs> but uh, as far as like the first gold cup, I think I think it's good in a in a very base sense. So I think I'm a, I'm pro for it. I think. Well, before we get into our hot takes and questions segment, we've got a few to cover. I did see a tweet this week. I wanted to talk about this real quick. It was from Weaver Foot, and he's oftentimes posting leaks along with Foot Sheriff and Foot Dunk, who's been on the show before. Um, he posted an exclusive FIFA 23 new leaks chemistry system, and he said that it's it looks every it looks like every na- every nation league works with every other nation in league. Chemistry is replaced by stars, uh, five stars, and you can get chemistry is replaced by stars, and teams can get up to three stars. So it looks like they might have simplified chemistry, which we don't have any more details other than that, but. If this is true, and it's what I think it is, I think this is going to be a positive as it'll give more squad building opportunities and you can get different players in. And a lot of people say that, oh, this is just going to have everybody running the same teams. I disagree. I think this is going to give you the option to run different teams, some nimble, usable players like uh, like Allison Drini, who's often very good when he gets a special card. Now you can get him into a squad. He's French. He's going to link with a lot of players. I think it would make more matchmaking or more squad building opportunities. What do you think, Bugs? Well, um, you know, I obviously don't know the specifics of it, but I've been waiting for a chemistry rework in some capacity for three FIFAs. I mean, this is something that is potentially massive for the longevity of FUT. There's only so much EA can reinvent with the gameplay itself. I mean, you know, you're not going to add a field goal post in football. You're not going to add, you know, um, there's only there's the rules of the game will always be the same. Mean potatoes, something that could change the game um, and and potentially give people um, something to master over the next three, four FIFAs. If it is something that takes a skill, if it is something that is new and it energizes the the title, you know. Um, I've been calling for it for a long time. I was thinking of, of, uh, that maybe it would be something as simple as taking a shadow and instead of plus three to pace and defense, they were going to do plus three to pace and, def- uh, physical or something. I thought maybe they'd start that small, but it sounds like they want to do a total rework and I'm for it. Um, I feel that the chemistry being the same year in and year out has led to, uh, fatigue of the same players you know you see the psg people all the time because they link to each other um whereas with a new chem chem system you might not have that um so i'm excited um i did see this tweet as well and uh i'm not exactly sure what three stars means or you know every nation and league linking to each other seems good on paper i don't know exactly how it's going to work uh, I'm sure we'll hear more in the summer, and I think um, full speed ahead on this. Yeah. Mets? I don't have too much to add to that, though. I think it, it will be a bit of a shame for people like us who have been playing foot 
since the early days. And part of the the novelty was trying to find ways to get weird players into your team that you couldn't do. That was the challenge and required a lot of creativity. And I don't just mean playing people out of position and stuff, but you would have to sort of build a bit of a ropey team to get your favourite player in who might have been off league, that kind of thing. Uh, and I guess this this goes back to days when some of the bad leagues actually had decent players in them that EA gave a shit about. Um, remember when we first started our podcast at Footstock and, and whatnot, we were really championed people going down the cheap route of doing uh, teams that contained the Portuguese League and the Turkish Super League, but they've been shit for years. And then, for example, in the last few years, the League of Russia has completely fell out of the game pretty much, and they had some pretty cool cards for the early stages of the game at least. Uh, but that's seemingly not going to be a thing anymore. So it's probably for the better good all around, but I, I do sort of miss that novelty aspect that made foot for me a, a little bit of magic in the early days. But um, like we've all said, there has been a need to do something, a chemistry re- rework, something to that effect for a long time. And by doing that, this might be the most relevant game sequel that we've had maybe since foot began. And we might get something very, very different out of this. Yeah, that or FIFA 18 with the weekend league. I mean, those are those are the watershed moments, I think. On this, I did get a piece of information from a very reliable source. And I thought it was really interesting because we were talking about passing and and, and dribbling and, and player movements and what kind of stuff we were going to get on FIFA 23. And I know for a fact now I can say that some of the developers are already working on FIFA 24. So I don't know if that means that FIFA 23 is going to be a reskin. I'm not saying it is, but I know that they're already looking forward to FIFA 24 on some aspects. And I don't know if that's something that they always do. I just found out about that this week. So there's that. Hot takes. Real quick, we should have covered this earlier. Marius Quintus from the Discord says, after the Champions League final, EA need to release Courtois with a 99 rating. I think we all agree with that. That would be a justified move here. Um, better yet, just pull another Ericsson and transform his gold card. What do you mean by that? Not sure I get that one. I think the, um, there was a brief period of like 12 hours where oh. Ericsson's card, if you yeah. listed it, it transformed into his um, fantasy, was yeah. it? Yeah, that was when everybody got the uh, the foot fantasy Ericsson. Yeah, and people were listing them and then, as gold, and, then, and they were selling yeah, because there was some 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 issue. I mean, I wouldn't say no to a ninety nine piece of fodder. Hell no! And after the final with Rail beating us, I wouldn't mind uh, discarding a Courtois too. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> He'd go back and quick sell recovery. You know he would. Um, George Coog says best thing in FIFA gameplay is scoring an equalizer against someone who's been time wasting for 20 plus minutes. I think we can all relate to this. I've done it several times and it is very fulfilling to do that. I normally don't celebrate. I don't play that toxic shit, but when somebody's time wasting and I get the ball and equalize or take the lead, I'm going to rub his nose in it. I don't know about you, Mets. Yeah, that's, that sounds pretty standard to me. <laughs> Team shit. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to dish out some shithousery, you better be prepared to get it back. What do you think, Bugs? I'm a celebration enjoyer. I can't, I can't deny it. It's part, of, it's part of my game. I've been, I've been loving celebrations for a long time. Oh, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's just briefly, um, I know it's kind of frowned upon by a lot of people, but 
in Madden, you could never celebrate how you wanted to celebrate when I used to play Madden. And that's where I came from. When I came to FIFA and you had like literally 30 or 40 celebrations you could pick from, it was like the coolest thing to me. And I always remembered how hard it was when I first started playing to score a goal and how how fun it was to pick my celebrations after I scored. So I always still celebrate my goals. Even I know I'm a rat or whatever, but uh, I uh, no. But getting back to the sco- scoring on somebody, time wasting. Yes, that is a good feeling for sure. Jeeves United from the Discord says, and then a last minute winner and watching the whole celebration as the team goes wild. The ultimate fuck you bastarding, time wasting knots. I probably should have had Mets read that. You want to <laughs> do it? Try it again. <laughs> No, or did I do okay. okay? I don't want people sound biting me saying nonce all the time. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, again, that, that all sounds uh, pretty above board. So uh, no complaints there whatsoever. Um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul would have been good at reading that one, I think. The, the the 85th minute plus celebration on New Gen, though, is so cheesy. Like, I oh, mean, it's, it's like, so drawn do you really out. Need to see 45 seconds of Eden Hazard running around, like, going to the corner flag. Then there's the subs coming on. It's like, come on. As much as I do love a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one good thing about this um, uh, golden goal friendly mode at the moment where you need a completely earned squad to play it is you score the goal. The loser gets immediately kicked out of the game. So they don't have to watch you over celebrate, but the game then forces you to do a full celebration so you can enjoy it for yourself, but the other person doesn't have to take it on the chin so much. But I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Questions. Let's see. The first one comes from Alex Rodas from the discord. He says, when would you say the cycle ends for yourselves? Pugs, your, your cycle pretty much goes year round, right? Yeah, it does. But there is a point when I saw this question that I that I kind of identify. And it it's more about when the next cycle starts for me. And that's when they announce the new icons mm-hmm. for the new team or the new season. Mm-hmm. There's something about getting that anticipation of like learning about a new player or potentially getting a player from the recent history, you know, getting the chat fired up with potentially a Yaya Tori or an Edgar uh, uh, Davids oh. or somebody that they've used gets them excited. So I think, I don't know if a cycle ever ends for me, but I know one begins with those announcements of the new icons. Yeah. It's like that, that hype reset that always comes that, you know, that, that four week period before the game launch. Always love hearing about new icons. And I do hope we get a Yaya Tori this year. He is due. Mets, when does the cycle end for you? So if I use last year as the example, you remember when we had, um, I can't remember what the name of the last promo was, but we had so many like 98, 99 rated players and the gameplay was a little bit silly. And I think we all spent most of our time doing EA slot machine, doing SBCs to get, uh, pretty much everyone had the best 11 by the end of the game. And that that was the end for me because gameplay ceased to be important. Um, there was no real customization to your team at that point. Everyone just was running a very similar 11. Gameplay was boring. It was more fun doing SBCs and actually playing the game. And yeah, that the game was as good as dead by that point, unfortunately. That was just something to keep you mildly entertained in the sort of pre-season um, time period, unfortunately. But in years prior to that, I tend to drop off very early on during team of the season because 
they've tend to given people what they wanted right at the beginning in previous years, which they haven't done this year. They've made people wait for Liga and Serie A, etc. They let you get your Premier League base in and then you have to wait more weeks to get those cards that you've probably been curious about what what they would deliver for the team in the season. So they've, they've kept me on a few weeks longer than they normally would do um, by this point. But I don't know how you feel about this, Pugs, because I know you play stuff other than Ultimate Team sometimes. But I haven't had a good distraction to get me out of FIFA for a long time. But when Modern Warfare 2 comes out in October, I think there's going to be a big drop off in FIFA, unfortunately. And I dare say I'm looking forward to it. Even if FIFA is really good, I'd like something different to play every now and then. And that will be where I'll spend a lot of my time, I think. I feel like the last kind of big title to, to like fully captivate gamers was the, the Elden Ring. Um, so that's that's still like six six months old, and that's kind of a single player game too. It's got a lot of levels to it, but uh, yeah, you know, EA doesn't really have a competitor with FIFA per se directly, like with PES right now or eFootball, but they do have competitors outside of that, and I think we're kind of in a dry period for that. But get the holidays pumping, you know, there'll be more titles, like you said, COD and other things too. So hopefully, um, EA. Uh, pump up their content to match the match the uh, market, so to speak. Uh, Jeeves United, this is interesting. He asks, who of the trio has the best skill rating and feels they would win a footballer's community cup? Um, Mets? It's not me, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> In years gone by, maybe, but, you know, Pug out of the three you're on. Today definitely is is the superior player out of our usual lineup, so including Paul. Well, Paul had a reply to it. Paul said he's definitely not grinding today to boost his skill rating, honest. And I just got humbled severely this weekend, so I'm at my confidence is an all-time low, so I, I'll defer to somebody else in the group, I think, this time. <laughs> uh, let me ask you a quick question on that, Pugs. Do you find that your win rate is significantly higher say in the early stage of the game as compared to now like the sort of leveling of the playing field where everyone has tots makes it harder you think you get more wins in at the beginning definitely um i you know i always used to say i play fifa i don't play fifa 22 or i don't play fifa 21 i play fifa and in the second week on the road to glory on ps4 and on the second week on my main account on the xbox series x i had 16 wins yeah, and I think that, that just kind of shows you what you know I'm about. Um, and then as the game progresses, you see people uh, move up the ladder, so to speak, and understand the game mechanics better. And I kind of just fall fall to mediocrity, I suppose. Um, but um, that being said, I think during um, team of the season most consistent, I had 16 wins. So, you know, 16, 14 in there, I can kind of pop off and hit a 16 every once in a while. But, um, yeah, at the start of the year, before people really start figuring things out, is normally my best time. I think FIFA 20, I started with six or seven Elite Threes in a row. Um, you know, so that's 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 a decent level for me um, as, a, as a boomer, respectfully boomer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're getting 16, you're definitely, out of us three, you're definitely the one who would win the, the hypothetical footballers community cup. But uh, yeah, interesting. 
the 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 point about getting more wins as it goes on. But I, I feel like my win rate hasn't really changed all year. Um, I feel like weekend league, it's about the same every time, but it gets harder and harder to get that same number is what it feels yeah, like. Well, so I think I that's part of, that's part of the business model. I think is they want to keep you yes. the same because then they then it makes you think that you got to go to the store to upgrade your team to get to that next level. Yeah. And that's no, I'm serious though. Like, no, I know like, that's how they fucking make, or that was, excuse me for that. Oh, dude, say it. I don't give. <laughs> that's how, that's how they, that's how they make, that's how they make money. I mean, they, they yeah. want to keep people struggling like they do. Yeah, I agree. And I've said it to people before. They, they don't want you to be satisfied ever in this game because the minute you're satisfied, you stop engaging. Um, I think that's just a fact. Nobody would argue that. Uh, last one, Westy says, I know team of the season is currently weekend league red picks, but it seems the mentality of the community has changed recently. Everyone has gone full send into the best possible finish and the sweat is real. I can't remember the last time, the last game I played against a unique side either. We kind of touched on this earlier, Mets. You you mentioned the 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 change in the experience of, of weekend league and just competitive FIFA as a whole. Pugs, you, you said you had a, a gauntlet of a weekend league as well. Uh, but I don't think we talked about the structure of the teams that we faced. Not that I can recall, but Pugs, did you see a lot of the same similar squads as a whole? I mean, lot, you know, it's the, it's the cheat, you know, the overpowered players, the Mbappes, the Cristianos, you know, um, I tell you one Icons. thing though, like when I'm nine and two and then I go to 11 and seven and I load up that game and I see somebody with a, you know, Red, red Cristiano team of the season, red Mane team of the season, and all that stuff. Man, oh, it triggers me so bad. Oh, it triggers me so bad that everybody's got these crazy free cards. And I'm out there with Bernardo Silva, red, who's like a huge liability on my team. And I'm only forcing him in because he's red. And I think it's so cool that I've got a red in my team. And then I go in there and I just load up against somebody who hit R9 moments out of a moments pack, and he did one of them, and he got R9, and it's just like, ah. Anyway, did I rant a little bit there? There was a lot of no, pain involved there. A lot of pain. I Sorry. felt that. I felt that. That was, yeah. Every word of that was true, and I think a lot of people, that, that, that resonates, because there's so many times, I know, Mets, you probably see it too, you load up in that screen, and you see red Messi, or red CR7, red Mbappe, red Neymar, it's like, dude, how, and you see it a lot. It feels like a lot anyway, but yeah, I, it's just strange how it never it. happens to uh, like, I've never had that happen to me and I've played this game since 2012. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so weird. Yeah. It's um definitely something I saw a lot more of by playing weekend league on Monday. Cause I don't think there was many like soft players left in the player pool. So I was seeing multiple squads that had really high level reds, the stuff you can only dream of. Like they've had all the pack luck and they happen to be really good at the game as well. So they've they've grinded out some good freebies. I haven't had a, a red pick all year that I've been able to put in my first eleven. It's been a horrible in, in that respect. But to add to the question and in, in terms of stuff that you just see over and over again, it just seems like everyone has two CDMs that are absolutely brick walls now. That they, they kind of need that to plug the center channel to enable a counterattack that that seems to be super common and just doesn't make for a good gameplay experience. If someone's got Hullet and Vieira there or, you know, something very similar to that, 
okay, that guy's getting, he's bought or achieved the protection he required. It certainly doesn't make the gameplay better for the, the other person, unfortunately. I think this is where the, the whole imbalance of Ultimate Team really sh- reveals itself is... It's unbalanced by design. We know that we're not we're not talking like Call of Duty where they have to balance guns against each other and whatnot. You know, uh, and it's not even pay to win at this point. It's people who have put in a bit of grind to do icon swaps and all that good stuff. But yes, there are certain cars that just kill the gameplay for the other person, unfortunately. And a, a, a double wall of Hullet and Vieira just fuck off. <laughs> it's just not good, man. It's been that way for so many years too, that, that combo, that duo of cards, but it is what it is. Nobody moves like Hullet. I don't care. I think that's all we have this week. Um, we've gone a little bit longer this week than we usually do, which is, it's not bad. It's good for, for mid June or, or sorry, late May, early June. We've got to make the most of um, our special guest. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was yeah. my pleasure and, to be here, gentlemen. It's good yeah. I really you. enjoyed the, the insight and, um, Hopefully you come on soon and, and give us an update after a few more weekend leagues and see if uh, if the trenches have gotten a little easier for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I, there's no way I'm happy with an uh, you know 11 wins. So, gonna have to improve, or you're gonna start talking to me about Fortnite. So, get get that credit um, card out. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> spending money right now on FIFA. You, you oof. know, some people are doing it. Oh, they're still pushing lightning rounds. That's for sure. Well, Pugs, where can the people follow you on social media? Where can they tune in to watch your streams? Yeah, streaming nightly. I'm U.S.-based, Minnesota-based. Um, so streaming nightly over the night U.S. You know, come home from work to turn me on at uh, twitch.tv slash therealpugzilla. Um, and then um, Twitter uh, at Pugs Not Drugs, uh, P-U-G-S-N-O-T-D-R-U-G-Z-Z. And uh, yeah, well, I hope to, hope to see you. And if you do come to the stream... Let me know you came from the Footballers Podcast and uh, let me know if you liked it and uh, let me know if you didn't like it. And uh, yeah, just so. Uh, no one dislikes our podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> I got to know where they came from, though. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say, let me know if you dislike it so I can ban you, but I don't know. <laughs> Not, nice recovery. We'll, we'll allow that. <laughs> Mets, where can they follow you? Uh, at Lambo Matt on Twitter, one T or solo in the Discord. Happy to chime in with the conversation, which is for this stage of the season is still pretty shit hot. So well done to everyone in the community. But yeah, happy to engage there. Yep, sounds good. And if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do that at Footballers Pod. You can follow me at the Foot Hunter. And thanks again, Pugs, for coming on. Mets, thank you for taking time out of your day, and we will be back with you next week for more foot content. Podcast Network.